church. Welcome. The fire of the Lord is burning in here today. <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit moving. It's going to be a great, great time of worship together, an exhortation of encouragement, of commitment, of devotion to the Lord. And I just pray that we all come with open hearts and open minds to what he has for us today, what he's speaking to us individually, because he is speaking in love, but also in truth. So let's all stand. We're going to just stand in gratitude and acknowledgement of what he's done for us and what he is still doing, that he is the God of our victory, <clears throat> that nothing is impossible for us as we stand in Christ and we stand on his word. Let's worship, let's worship him together.
Today, right now. 
declare this, I'm not going to live. I'm not going to live by what I see.
of us that he'll be able to lead us I love the words of that last part of that song lead me to those around me that we may share the love of Christ you know that's what he's called us to do to love people like Christ love them and if they don't know him to extend the love of the Lord to them you could be seated you know this morning I was in the office and I was thinking about like the world events going around and you know all of us are aware of the the death of a sovereign, right? What happens when a sovereign dies? There's a new person appointed. And, you know, life is full of things that let us down, right? Like today we come in and the air conditioning let us down. <laughs> you know? It's toasty in here. It's toasty warm. Everyone's got a little bit of glow about them this morning, you know? But things let us down. But one thing that never, ever lets you down is the Lord. Scripture says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same God that spoke to Moses at the burning bush is the same God that wants to speak to you today. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead and empowered him by the power of the Holy Spirit to breathe upon his followers to give them the Holy Spirit is the same God that wants to impart the Holy Spirit to us. The same God, he doesn't change at all. And I was sitting in my office this morning and 
I was kind of just doing some paperwork, getting ready for service, and, and the Lord spoke to me. He says, turn to the book of Joshua. I'm like, okay, Lord. So I open my Bible up, and I'm looking at Joshua, and he says, I always start like when the Lord tells you, start at the book, start at the beginning. So I started Joshua 1. He goes, I want you to read the first section of Joshua 1. And what is it? It's the transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua. And it's a change of leadership. And the Lord said, you know what? I'm leading you and this church into a new season. And God's been speaking to that, to our hearts as a pastoral team for a number of months now. And one of the things that when you go into a new season, there's always new challenges. You know, any of you start a new job, you have to learn something, even though you, you, you know the job. You know, I, I had a conversation with someone this week and he was uh, just got done with his education, started a job, and he's on a probationary period for six months so he could learn how to do the job the way the company wants to do it, not the way his college professors wanted him to do it. You know, because there's a learning process. And it, with Joshua and Caleb, there was a learning process because the, the Lord had gifted Moses a certain way, but then he gifted Joshua and Caleb a totally different way. And so what the Bible says, if you, you drop down, you keep reading Joshua, and you get to chapter 11. In chapter 11, verse 8 through 15, there's a, a section of Scripture that in, in the New International is what I was reading. It calls it the God's great blessing. How many of you want God's great blessing on your life, you know? You want the Lord to bless everything you do. You know, the, the Deuteronomy 28, the first section of that, you want all those blessings to fall on you. Listen to what Scripture says. You shall therefore keep every commandment I am giving you today. This is Joshua 11, verse 8. So that you may have the strength to go in and possess the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you may live long in that land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and the descendants, the land that's flowing with milk and honey. And as I was reading that, I kept thinking, is, is Joshua just the whole book about repetition? Because in chapter one, it says, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, over and over and over. And then in chapter 11, it says, the Lord is taking you into a new land that he wants you to possess, that the Lord's already told you you're going to possess, that he told your ancestors that they're going to possess. So he, he was sp speaking to a generation before that they're going to have something that this generation didn't even know existed, but God saw it in the future. Why? Because God is not encumbered by time, you know? How many of you know that if you could, you could, if you knew 10 years ago what Apple stock was, you'd buy it 10 years ago, right? Why? Because you would see something that was worth a great value that back then people didn't realize it, okay? And that's what Scripture's talking about here. And then it says this in verse 10, for the land that you are entering to possess, he says the word possess another time, is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated on foot like a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess is a land of mountains and valleys. So he's, he's making a comparison between a small vegetable garden that you could walk around and take care of compared to an enormous land that has mountains and valleys. Do you know, every time we go into a new season, there are high points and there are low points. You know, the children of Israel, what happened to them when they crossed into the promised land that they were given? When you read, keep reading. Well, I wish we could go back to Egypt. Why? Because they faced giants. They faced consequences of entering a new land. But with going into that new season, God has some amazing things for you. God has some awesome things planned for us. 
And if we only knew those plans, we would stand back and, and, and say, you know what? I'm going to be like a sprinter out of the blocks. I'm going to get down in the, in the stance. And when the Lord says, go, and that you hear the crack of that gun, you're going to take off running. And that's what God wants us to do. And he says this, that you, the, 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 the land that you possess will be a land of mountains and valleys that drinks the rain from heaven. It is a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the to the end of the year so that you will carefully obey the commandments I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart with all your soul and then I will provide rain for the land in season the autumn rain and the spring rain that you may gather your grain your new wine and the oil and I'll provide grass in the field for your livestock so that they will eat and be satisfied I thought it was interesting this morning. I don't know if anyone else got up early, but did it rain? Did you see the rain this morning? And it, no one saw the rain this morning? It was Gilroy. It was actually in Gilroy, San Martin. It was raining. I walked out and I'm like, what is that? Some foreign substance falling from the sky. We didn't spend so long since we saw rain, you know? But I think of what rain does. When plants don't have rain, what do they do? When they're not watered. Well, sometimes they die unless they're in a land where they they actually dig down deeper into the soil. When we were in Israel this last year, I had a conversation with a guy and he was talking, we were in a, 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 a park, and I was talking to one of the docents at the park, and he said, the cool thing about the vegetation here, we hardly get any rain here, but the plants have an ability to go deep and find the fissures in the rock and they, they connect to the aquifer. And that's what makes the plants here sustain. They're able to go deep in the dryness. I tell you, God wants us to go deep. God does not want us to be shallow in our faith. God wants us to be men and women who know the Lord. And like it says here, that we will love the Lord with what? With all of our heart and with all of our soul. Jesus said you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. All four of those components of our life. So Lord, right now we just come to you as you're taking us in, in, in a new season as a community of faith. Lord, we don't enter into this by ourselves, but Lord, we enter in this as a community. And Lord, some of us are stronger than others, but Lord, that doesn't exempt us from loving you with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our strength. And I pray that God, you would use us as a community of faith to walk in a relationship with you in such a powerful way that we're changed from the inside. That Lord, we realize it's not our own ability, it's our, not our own talents, it's not our own giftedness but it's our connectivity to you that allows us to go into this new land and this new season. And I pray no matter how long we've been part of the church, no matter how long we've been part of the community of faith, no matter how long we've known you, that, Lord, you would take us and lead us by your hand into a depth of understanding like we've never known before. Lord, I pray that those of us are going to come to mountains that require a challenge to hike, require a challenge to climb, that, Lord, you would give us the strength and the spiritual stamina. And, Lord, the, the word I like to use is stick to to do what you've called us to do. In your name we ask. Amen. You know, it's interesting when Pastor Lynn and I went to Israel this year, we, I had the opportunity to hike Mount Arbel, which Mount Arbel is a, the highest point in, in Galilee, uh, up by, it's up above Tiberias, the city of Tiberias. And you can look out all over the dead, or the, the Sea of Galilee and most of, they say 90% of the area that Jesus ministered to in Galilee, you could see from the top of this mountain. 
And I started doing some research and I found that what Jewish rabbis would do is they would take their followers and take them on a, a strenuous hike. Do you ever do that? You know, you're getting ready for a sports and you take your kids out and well, we're going to go exercise, you know. Well, what Jesus and rabbis would do, they would make them climb this mountain. And it took my brother-in-law and I about an hour and a half to climb this. We got to the top. We left early in the morning. We got to the top. We were soaking wet. We were drenched from perspiration because even early in the morning it was hot. And we get up to the top, and, and from there, you can look around and see all of the region that Jesus did his ministry in Galilee. And Bible historians tell us that Jesus was on top of Mount Arbel when he told them Matthew 28, the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations. Because he showed them what he had done when they were down below. He took them to a higher level and a higher level of intensity and a higher vantage point to see what God wants to do. And I'll tell you, as, as a body of believers, God's taking us to a new dimension. And I'm excited about it. Are you? You and I are? Anyone else? I can't hear you. Yeah. God is excited. I'll tell you, if, if you and I could only know the plans the Lord has for you, plans not to harm you, but plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope, you would just be excited to come out of the gate for that. Amen? Amen. Well, hey, we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, Michael Martinez is going to come up and share some announcements. Uh, I just want you to know there, there are tacos after service. We'll have them. And the guacamole is amazing. Good morning, Crossroads. You guys excited for some tacos? We want to welcome all of our visitors here this morning. If you're a visitor, you came on the right morning, actually, right? You're getting tacos after service. But if you are a visitor, there is a, a card that you can fill out behind the pews. Just fill it out with some info, um, any prayer request. Um, you can jot down your uh, email address if you're interested. And, you know, just keeping in touch with the events that we have going on, the ministries going on during the week. Amen. Um, we have our, like I said, tacos after service. Um, this is our fall launch service. Amen. If you walked in, you received a list of ministries um, on a piece of paper. If you did not receive one, just uh, let us know. Raise your hand and we'll get one to you. Um, but there's a list. And I encourage you to take a look at this list and get involved if you're not involved. There's men's ministries. There's youth. There's women's. There's all kinds of things to get involved and stay connected. Amen. We're a church that is active we believe in being active in in the will of god amen and whatever that may look like amen but we believe in in doing what god has called us to do as a body amen and also individually and this is to equip us amen as individuals in our walks with with christ amen um crossroads connect is going to get started on wednesday um this wednesday we have our youth ministry, we got our men's Bible study, and we have our women's Bible study. And that's weekdays at seven o'clock. I encourage you, um, if you know somebody who isn't coming or, or somebody who's not a part of the body, invite them also, amen. But I invite you guys to, uh, to come out and get connected here, amen. October 2nd, um, we have our annual business meeting. And we also have an election for two board members. So um, if you're interested, um, I would say pray for that. Amen. Pray for this house. Pray for this. Bo pray for the, our board members that God would give them wisdom to lead. Amen. And that's going to lead me into our ministry partner of the week. It's Todd and Amy Churchill out in Africa. And they oversee all of Africa. 
Amen. Um, they are communication facilitators. They are disciplers. They, they, what they do is they oversee like 350 schools out there, Bible schools. There's over 20,000 students. They are connected with the local churches out there, local pastors and leaders in that region. And I encourage you to, to pray for them. Amen. They're so dear to that country. Um, God sent them out there and they're doing great things out there. So I encourage you to, if you can, give an offering. Pray for them. Amen. And that's going to lead into our tithes and offering. You know, as I've said, we're an active church. Amen. We're an active church and God is good at this house. Amen. I know God has been good to, to many of us and I just encourage you to give. Amen. Give, give above your tithes. Amen. Give an offering, whatever God has placed on your heart. Amen. So, Father, this morning, we just, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the fruit, and we thank you for the increase that is coming, Father God. Lord, I believe that you're preparing this house for, for increase, for a, a season of increase, Father God. And, Lord, and I just pray, Father God, that you would just pour out, Father God, Lord, your spirit upon this place, and that you would move in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing, I will build my life. So I'll stand a few videos where I'm going to just talk to you for about 10 to 15 minutes about community. Because did you know that 21 out of 27 books in the New Testament is about community? That's how much the Lord prioritizes community. But before I actually get into some scriptures, because we always want everything to be based in his word, this week I actually got arrested by the Holy Spirit. Some of you are all like, man, you know what? That would have been awesome if Pastor Lynn got arrested. I know what you're thinking, but no, it's by the Holy Spirit. But I felt he arrested me and confronted me about 
challenging crossroads to devotion to community. Oh, y'all getting quiet now. That's okay. You can be quiet. Let me just read. Actually, while I was sitting here just one minute ago, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. Listen up. When people are fired up and filled up, they prioritize the things of God. When they grow lukewarm, they prioritize themselves. When they grow cold, they prioritize the world. Hmm, interesting. You know, it's funny. My husband, I didn't tell a story because he left. I'm going to tell you a story on him. You know, it was really hot this week, right? I know it's hot now, but it was really hot this week. It was like walking into an oven, right? And our AC broke on, uh, I think it was Tuesday night. I don't know. We, it broke one t- afternoon. And we couldn't get anybody else out until the next morning. Well, my husband... He was kind of, just don't tell him I say this, but he was kind of being a drama king about it. I didn't say drama queen. I said drama king about it. I'm like, honey, we lived, in, we lived in India, for goodness sake. We can endure having a hot house, you know. So a few minutes later, I see him with one of those uh, where you t- thermometers where you point it at your head. I'm like, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. I want to see how hot I am because it's hot in this house. What if I went around right now and I took a spiritual thermometer to you? I said, how hot are you for Jesus? How fired up? Go around hot, lukewarm, cold. You know what's interesting? We have such a concern for the next generation. I do. Do you? I do. We should. But you know what? As I was praying this week, I told you I was arrested by the Holy Spirit. He gave me like, you know what? You're going to talk to the people about this very, very strongly. Because this is what he said to me. Quote, the strength of the next generation's community of faith and spiritual life is determined by this generation's strength of community and spiritual life. Let me say that one more time. The strength of the next generation's community of faith and spiritual life is determined by this generation's strength of community and spiritual life. We do not want to leave the next generation with spiritual debt. We want to leave them a spiritual inheritance to build on and invest into the following generations. But what does spiritual debt look like? What is spirit? When I say spiritual debt, it seems kind of ambiguous, but you know what it actually is? It's a lack of devotion to Jesus in this generation's personal lives and in our choices and decisions and where we put our time, energy, and resources. That's what spiritual debt becomes because we're sowing our time, energy, and resources outside of the body of Christ, outside of the family of God, outside, and I'm going to get more specific, the local community of faith. Last week, Pastor David preached on community, but he told me, tell them I didn't go through the stuff that I had gone through with the first uh, service, and it's true, and I'm going to hit some significant text really quickly about why 
um, do we gather together? And what is our, what are we supposed to be when we gather together? Why is it so important? Because there is a philosophy out there that is deceptive that you do not need to be part of a local community of faith. That is not true. Because even the word usage that Paul writes about in, in his books, as well as in the book of Acts, they use the word ecclesia. The Greek word ecclesia is specific. It's specific to talk about a, a, a fellowship. It's a gathering. It's an assembly of people. So the truth is this. The way that Jesus Christ made up the church is for us to be interconnected relationally. Not just in philosophical things. Not just in what maybe we believe in doctrine. Those things are important. Doctrine's important. We want to make sure we have scriptural doctrine. But it's more than that. It's relationship. It's having relationship and prioritizing that relationship. Because now we are brothers and sisters in Christ. All of me for all of him. All of you, Jose, for all of him. When you gave your life to Jesus, you didn't give just a part of it. You didn't give just a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever you wanted to. You gave all of me for all of him. And it was a great trade, by the way. You got everything that's at the disposal of Jesus Christ. It's interesting about that word ecclesia, because it also is used, there's an additional word used about the gathering of the community of faith. And in the Greek, it's koinonia. Maybe some of you have heard that. And it's talking about fellowship. Fellowship is relationship. Fellowship is interaction with other people. Scripture says, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves, this is what the church did, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That was the mission. That was the expression. That's what the church, the ecclesia, did. They did koinonia. And guess what? I'm going to tell you this. It hasn't changed. Or let me just say this. It's not supposed to change. We are to be in fellowship and a relationship with one another. That's why we're talking today. That's why we're going to go through all the ministries in just a minute of ways for you to do that. But us doing that has to do with investing so that the next generation has a spiritual inheritance. Because we're building up this community of faith so that the next generation inherits an oak of righteousness. In the storm, so that we build on Jesus Christ in this house. So what's the community of faith about? You know, let me just say this. There's been criticism. I hear this. I've heard it for decades. That community of faith or that gathering of people, they're all hypocrites or they're all this or they're all that. Kind of tearing down the imperfection of the local community of faith. It's interesting that Jesus, who is perfect, Jesus was the only person that was ever perfect. And you know what he chose to do with his life? To gather 12 broken, imperfect people to hang out with. 
(laughs) as an example of what the community of faith is. And he taught them, and he challenged them, taught them about his love, taught them things. That's what Jesus chose to do. And guess what? That's what he still chooses to do. He gathers broken people together. And you know what's the glue that holds us together, that even holds our lives together? is his grace and his love. And then he says, we gather you all together, and then I'm going to teach you. And all of you come from different backgrounds. All of you come from different situations. And I'm going to teach you how to love each other. And I'm going to teach you how to have grace towards one another. And the world out there is going to look at you, and they're going to say, how can that be that they're so different, but they can love one another? They have grace towards one another, and they're powerful together. They have the God's power flowing through their lives, because Scripture says, John writes this, and they will know you by my love, that you have love for one another. I want to challenge us. This world, our culture, is trying to attack the community of faith. Deception by the enemy is trying to attack the community of faith, the ecclesia, to try to get us to be divisive towards one another based upon all this stuff out there. But Jesus said, you're going to be one. You're going to be united. And Jesus chose with his life to give us an example of what that looks like. And then with all these broken people that he now showed his grace to, showed his love to, gives his power to, gives his authority to, he says, now you go and you build my church. And guess what? The gates of hell will not prevail against you. And that mission hasn't changed. That's what we're supposed to do. But a lot of times that remains really ambiguous. Oh, we love the scripture. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But what does that look like? But I'm going to tell you, it looks like the ecclesia. It looks like the local community of faith together all over the world. So let's look at what is the church supposed to be doing? What is the local ecclesia supposed to be doing? Well, we have relationship support comes through community you are never to be alone jesus never intended one of his followers to be isolated or alone he had 12 disciples for a reason he birthed the church on the day of pentecost for, with 120 for a reason he doesn't want aloneness he wants relationship support and the fact is this the church the local community of faith is called to relationship support So scripture says, 1 Corinthians 12, 25, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. You know what? Part of your mental health is having a support system. The Lord wants you to have, to love him with body, mind, soul, and spirit, right? And so he has made the body of Christ to be available to be a support system for the individual. The other thing, spiritual encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, 
Warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. We are to spiritually encourage. We are a community that is spiritually related to one another. We are spiritual brothers and sisters. And in that, yes, comes individual responsibility, but also comes group accountability. So when you see somebody going in the wrong direction, going back towards the world, going back towards those sins that easily entangled them, we are responsible to do something about it. We're not responsible, well, it's their life, their business. No, we are responsible to them. See, you know, it's very individualistic culture that we live in that says, you know, it's their deal, their thing. No, we are one. And when somebody is going towards captivity, we're to get involved. You know what? You need to challenge that. If you don't think, if you think otherwise, you need to challenge whether you've got the world thinking in you. Because we're one body. The other thing too is this. We're to bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. We have prayer groups. The reason why we have so many prayer ministries that you can be a part of. You can be a part of at least one of those ministries. I guarantee you. If you have a phone that can get a text, you can be a part of one of those ministries. We want to bear one another's burdens. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have Bible study groups. That's why we have prayer teams available. Because you should not bear your burden alone. The enemy wants you to be alone in your burden so he can create despair. But the body of Christ has been developed and constructed so that you are not alone in pain. Come on, Jesus. He doesn't want you alone. It's the enemy. It's the enemy that wants you alone. James 5.16 says we're a healing community. This should be a safe community. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let me say this. No matter what you're going through, no matter what battle you're facing, this should be a place where you can share with somebody and it be a safe environment for you to do that. That you receive comfort. You receive love. You receive grace. You receive biblical instruction even. But in a, in a safe environment to bear, to be able to bear your soul towards other, uh, your brother and sister. Another play, thing. A community of faith should have Jesus showing up. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now, I love this because if I go out with somebody, go out with Haley, me and you, Haley, Haley, if I took you to coffee, it wouldn't be two, it'd be three. Christy, if I took you out to go shopping at Trader Joe's, it wouldn't be two, it'd be three. Because when we gather together as brothers and sisters, there's never just two of us. There's always three. And you know what the benefit of that is? His presence is the way I treat you, how I care for you, how I love you. I remember, you know what? There's more than just me here. He's here. Helping me love you. Helping me have compassion towards you. Helping me have grace towards you. There's more. See, that's what makes us different. That's what makes the community of faith different than other communities out there is that when I show up, and when you show up, and we're together, there's three. There's not just two. 
There is a powerful presence of Jesus. There are spiritual gifts that are grown in community. Romans 1.11, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You know what? We develop spiritual gifts. Yes, it could be worship and prophetic and preaching and teaching, but also it's service. It's setting up tents. It's putting out uh, tables and covers. You know what I love? I love that I have people in this church that know how to cook meals because I surely would be overwhelmed with that. Because that's not really my gift. But the fact is this. The gifts should be used and multiplied in the house of God. That's why we are together. That's part of us loving one another. Serving one another. Romans 12.5 tells us that spiritual integration comes. That's spiritual energy and synergy together. So in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. When we gather together, there is a spiritual uh, empowerment that happens. That's why it's so important for you not to forsake the assembling of yourselves with other people. Because there is a spiritual power that comes together as we gather there's a spiritual maturity that happens when you gather. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'm going to say this, I see the day approaching. You see the day approaching? As we see the day approaching, we need to make sure that we are gathering together. Why? Because in the last days, there are going to be great deception, so much so that Scripture tells us that even believers can fall away so much deception and we need to know the word of God how are you going to know if you're being deceived unless you know his word and this house part of the role of what Jesus gave the leadership of this church I want you to know Jesus appointed the leadership of the church it says this in scripture it says this in uh, Ephesians 4, 11, 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Jesus himself gave the leadership of the church. We talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And every last one of you, if you're a believer, you have the gifts. You have gifts of the Holy Spirit to use in the community of faith. But Christ himself gave leadership. Let me go back to being arrested. Christ reminded me of this. Jesus reminded me of this. Because he said to me, he, he spoke to me very clearly and boldly, telling me, listen, Lynn, you are a leader of this house, and you need to be clear to, to, with them about the importance of fellowship, the importance of being the ecclesia, the local gathering, the importance of koinonia. You need to confront them. You need to confront that they make it a priority for their lives. Jesus confronted me. Why? Because he has called me. Because according to the scripture, he calls the leaders of the church, and I am accountable to him. I'm accountable to tell you what the word says about this. Aren't you glad that I'm accountable to him? Aren't you glad that even though it's hard to hear sometimes, that wouldn't you rather have a pastor that obeyed Jesus, obeyed the word, rather than listen to the world? You got a lot of that out there. 
Do you like me? Are you going to give me a thumbs up today? Are you going to give me, please give me a thumbs up. Please do that. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I get a thumbs up. The only thumbs up I want, his thumbs up. And his thumbs up, a lot of times, the world goes thumbs down. Because we are interfering with the world's mission on your life to distract you and to pull you away from being the corporate gathering, the fellowship, the powerful group gathered together to glorify him. I'm preaching hard and I'm sweating good. We're in this together. I said we all suffer. We're all going to suffer together today. We're all going to sweat. The youth going with me to India in April. Guess what? You're going to sweat like this anyway. So just get used to it. It's the way it's going to be. So what does the church look like? The purpose of the church is we're diverse. Guess what? We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be different than one another. Well, she has a different opinion than I do on fill in the blank. So what? Letter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we being many are one body. You know what? I'm going to say this. Every part of your body, your physical body, has a different vantage point. Your toes look at a different vantage point than your nose. And why is it that people are trying to make others in the body of Christ in their own image? Rather than saying, I recognize that part of the body of Christ in the local community is that we're different. And that requires me to love people that are different than me. To have grace towards people that are different to, than me. To respect people who are different than me. To honor people that are different than me. To serve people that are different than me. Because by this, the world will know that we love him and love each other. Come on. This has been one of the things that the enemy has tried to do to divide the church, getting us off on petty stuff. It's petty because Jesus said you're one. You're different than each other, but you're one, and you're all necessary. Oh, come on, Jesus. Okay, we're almost done here. Finally, we're to pass on the faith from generation to generation. I just said that. The strength of this house right now as we build it, is so that in the next generation that this house is strong. That for your children and for, their children, for that little guy right there, Mateo, that he has a strong house, a Bible-believing house, no matter what the storms come, no matter what the enemy throws at it, that this house is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, his word, and that we will not be destroyed. We will stand. Preaching hard for you. It's a place to break bread together. We're going to do that with our tacos, but it also means communion. When Scripture speaks about communion, and Paul writes about it to the Corinthian church, he says two things. We're honoring and remembering what Christ did. Amen? We're honoring and remembering what Christ did for our lives. But you know what else we're doing? Making sure we have right relationship with one another. We're making sure that we are healthy in our relationships. This house is going to be a healthy church. 
This house is going to be honoring and how we have healthy relationships. I'm going to say the world needs examples of healthy relationship. That we being many are one body. We being different than one another love each other. The world needs the example of that. Finally, we're to be the witnesses. Jesus said, that we're called to be witnesses. He gave the great commission, but we're not only witnesses in what we say, yes, to tell, to go and tell, to go preach the gospel, but also in our activity. Just like James speaks about that we are to take care of the widows and orphans. Let's, let's, this is not going to be a house of empty religion. This is not going to be a house where we just talk about it, but do nothing about it. We're going to be a house that doesn't sit on our bums. We're going to get out there and we're going to do it. We're going to get out and do it. Yes, we are doing it in the nations. We're going to do it locally. Doing it in the nations. We have 32 ministries that we support and are partners with. But we're not done with what we're supposed to do in this county, in this part of California. We're not going to forget our homeland here. We're not going to forget our Jerusalem. Amen. Yesterday... I had a group, a team of us that went in for training so that we can go into the, to the jails, the Santa Clara County jails, so that we can go and minister in those jails. So we went for our first training. It's quite a process. There's five of us that went down there yesterday for this training because we have a mission field. There is over 3,000 people, inmates, just in Santa Clara County alone in the jails. And they're hungry for spiritual truth. We're going to build this house. We're going to look at some ministries. I want you to get out your form, that form that we gave you. And as we go through the ministries, they're actually in the order. The form is in the order that we're going to show you the videos to highlight the ministries. I want you to prayerfully consider what ministries are you to be involved and commit to that? I would like to see, the goal is that everybody's a part of some small group and everybody's part of a prayer ministry. That you have a, a small group that you're involved in and a prayer group. On the farm, if you're already involved, just check where you're involved. If you have, want more information about it, check the other box. At the end of this time, I'm going to have you. I'm going to have you stand. I'm going to pray over it. And then you're going to lay those forms down at the altar as a commitment so that you are hot for the Lord. Not lukewarm, not cold, but you're committed to being hot for the Lord. Go ahead and roll the children's ministries. Hi, I'm Sandy Martinez and I'm the family pastor here at Crossroads and I get the opportunity to run and coordinate our children's ministry program. So every Sunday for the 10.30 a.m. service, you can bring your children to church and they get to have kids' church as well. And during this time, we study the word, they hear a Bible story, we worship, we go outside and kind of run them out a little bit to get the wiggles out, um, we come back. We get to pray over each other. Really, it just depends on how the Spirit is leading that day, but they definitely get to experience and encounter the Lord and have their own personal relationship with Jesus, not just moms and dads. It's super important. 
I also hold a life group for my tweeners. So this is for ages nine to 11, and it's the last Friday of every month. And this is a time where we gather, we come together, we have dinner, so breakfast for dinner, and then we have a very intentional time speaking into uh, the child's identity, so who they are in Christ. Because this is a crucial period where they're no longer little kids, and they're not youth just yet, so they're not teenagers. And we just want to catch them right before that transitional period of going into the youth ministry and just speak into them and make sure that they know this is who Jesus says I am. We also have a Young's family life group. So myself, my husband, Matthew Martinez, along with Angie and Michael Martinez, we lead this life group and this is for young families. And this is a time where we just gather we have a book that we study and we pray for each other, we encourage each other, we share uh, maybe some of the, the, the difficulties or the challenges or even the wins that we have when it comes to raising the next generation and when it comes to our children. So it's just a community of faith. It's a community where we get to support each other and we get to relate with each other because you've all heard it said, it takes a village or an army to raise children or something like that. Um, we also have a life group for moms and it's called Moms Together and they meet, so moms meet once a month, the second Saturday of every month and again this is a time for moms to come together because as moms we have our own uh, I guess struggles or challenges or we just need our own support because being a mom is not for the lighthearted and so we just want to come together to love on each other to support each other to encourage each other to empower each other to celebrate each other because being a mom is a beautiful and a special time and our kids grow up fast and course last but not least we have on Wednesday nights Kids Connect is starting back up alongside with Crossroads Connect so this is Wednesday nights um, at 7 p.m. the men meet the women meet and the children also get a time to meet so they have their own Bible study so if you're a mom or a dad and you have young children and you want to go to the men or women's Bible study that's starting back up with this fall launch um, bring your children because they have their own time and during during that period where we get to study the word and they get their midweek Jesus fill. The youth continue to meet, so they're constantly meeting throughout the summer and everything and we're starting back up. So we have so much to offer our children and I encourage you that if you have friends or family, um, if you want to invite somebody to church who has young children, please, 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 please do because their children will not leave disappointed. I constantly hear the feedback that they had fun and they want to come back. I want kids to nag their parents. I want to go to church on Sunday because that's music to my ears and that means, okay, we're doing something right here. So if the kids want to come back and they're having fun with Jesus because it's the best time they're ever going to have and we want to make sure they know that at a very young age, I encourage you to invite friends, to invite family because they're going to have a good time and they'll keep on coming back. Thank you. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hey guys, I'm Nick. I'm the youth pastor here at Crossroads. I want to tell you about Unbound. That's our youth group. We meet every Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. 
We start out with a game and then go into live worship led by youth. After, we have a message and then close in prayer with one another. Once a month, we'll go out to eat after. And the times we don't go out to eat, don't worry, your youth is fed very well. So if you're that age range or you know someone who's that age range, come join us Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8.30. 2023 is gonna be an awesome year. We're gonna be taking a handful of youth and going to India. There we will visit the House of Hope Boys led by Moses. We will be doing ministry with them and for them and building relationship. The youth will come back transformed as they have a new perspective of Christ's love in their life and how to love others. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Sometimes home life feels like a battlefield, just trying to parent our youth. You have hormones, friends, different social medias trying to grab and persuade your youth's mind. Let's get together quarterly this year and meet at the Veliquit's house to have dinner and speak into each other's lives and know we're not alone in this battle. It takes a village to grow a youth and we'll have each other's back reading scripture, eating, and building relationships where you can confide in one another and also learn maybe, hey, there's a better technique out there. Proverbs 22.6 Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from If you're the age of 18 to 40, we have our Young Professionals group for you. We meet doing outside events that are interests of our young professional. So we go camping, we have bowling trips, we do top golf, lots of adventurous things. You can still have fun being a young professional while following Christ. You don't have to conform to the world, but still be set apart. And let's get together having dinner with one another. If you want to join this group or get more information, reach out to my wife, Pastor Rebecca, or myself. Peter 5, 8 through 9. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Here at Crossroads, we have quite the gym, including weights, pulley systems, even an indoor basketball court. Well, we're gonna take advantage of that. On Saturdays from 10 to 12, we'll have open gym basketball. And Monday, Thursday, Friday, the weight gym will be open from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Come bring a friend, you'll have to sign some waivers, but let's take advantage. When I look at the youth, I see young Davids fighting Goliaths. And if you look at scripture, Saul, who's the king, 
actually tried to put on his armor onto David. And David said, I'm not used to this armor. You see, the world tries to put on armor to equip the youth to battle their situations, whether it be depression, loneliness, or figuring out who they are. The world says, here, try this. This is how I did it in my situation. Or this is what everyone else is doing. Here you go, try it. And the reality is, if your youth is wearing the armor of God and somebody tries to put on a different armor, they're going to take it off and say, I'm not used to that armor. That's not my armor, how I fight my battles. And Ephesians 6 talks all about armor of God. Well, as a parent, it's not just get them through the door and then you drive off and then you attend on Sunday. Your, parent, your youth and the youth around you, whether you have children or you don't, they see your actions and what you do. So when you're saying go to church, but you're not going to church yourself, or be part of church events and you're not being part of church events, you're sending the wrong message. And I don't know about you, but if I was in a battle like military and I saw my commander giving orders and he's wearing different armor, I'd be like, that armor is probably better than what I'm wearing. So don't confuse our youth with mixed messages. Lastly, I want to confront the difference between a spiritual consumer and a spiritual contributor. Contrib sorry, contributor. <laughs> you see, spiritual consumer just shows up when they need it. Yeah. And they show up, take, 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 and go. Right. Christ did not call you to that. He called you to contribute. And as a body of Christ, I need you to do your role too. I work out with the youth and we do different workouts. If we were to just work out one arm and that's it, multiple things would happen. Our right arm, when we need to use it, we wouldn't be able to do anything with it. And then also our left arm, it'd get injured because it's trying to take on the weight and responsibility that the right arm's supposed to be doing. So I encourage you today, let there just be a new fire in you to be involved. And that fire is gonna have like a domino effect. My aunt and uncle, they started out going to church and they sent an invite to my parents. And then because my parents showed up. They didn't just go, okay, we'll try it out. Oh yeah, that looks good. Let's take our kids, drop them off, and then go. It was they showed up, and they were saved. And in that, they brought me. There were so many days I didn't want to go. I fought with my mom and dad. I said, oh, it's so early. You don't know what I did throughout the week. I have sports. I have that. This is important and you're making me wake up for one day, <laughs> my dad cut that out real quick. He said, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're prioritizing God before anything else. Sometimes in high school, 
we prioritize sports because it's seasonal. So we see it as it's just a little bit. And then we'll get back into the groove. Well, David, what if he seasonally put on different armor? He would say, oh, I'm used to that armor. I've been in that situation before. Well, your youth, they're going to be reaching out for armor. Don't let them be comfortable with the world fix of things. We have a responsibility, and this isn't just on parents. This is on grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, people who are single, who have no children at all, because it's the next generation. So I want to encourage you guys, but sometimes an encouragement is a challenge. And we're just calling you to take a bigger step. This is you standing firm in your faith. It's not a game. It's not a season. It's for keeps and long-term keeps. The truth is the enemy's on the prowl, which means stealthily, constantly, And we need to be wearing the armor of God consistently, not taking it off. So we have uh, more videos, and I encourage you guys, really check the boxes. Uh, I'm back there checking multiple boxes, because I want to be more involved than I was before. Hey, Crossroads, I just want to welcome you to our fall launch, and we have a lot of things going on around the church. First of all, we have the Center for Ministry Preparation, we call that CMP. It is college-level classes that are offered here at the church for a very nominal fee. Uh, It's a great opportunity for you to learn the Word of God. And then for the men's ministry, we have tons of things happening. We have the men's retreat, September 16th, 17th, and 18th at Mount Hermon. I'll be speaking. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. We also have a men's uh, life group. We have Men in the Furnace that is led by Matthew Martinez. It's the third Saturday of every month, 10 a.m. in the gym. Why don't you come? And afterwards, you can work out for free. Men, we also have a great opportunity Friday night, the first Friday of every month at 6.30 p.m., Kids are welcome. You could, ladies, it's a great opportunity for you to send your husband and your kids off to a great Bible study led by Brian Bristol. And then we also have a new Bible study starting after the men's retreat. It'll be on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. It's led by Camilo Rodriguez, and it's entitled The Blessed Life. It'll start 7 p.m. in the uh, library at the church. It's a great opportunity for men to get built up and become solid, strong men of faith at Crossroads. My name is Michelle Davis and I'm the Women's Ministries Director and I'm here to tell you about some of the uh, exciting things that we have going on for the women's group. First of all, I want to bring up the retreat. It is October the 7th through the 9th 
And if you haven't signed up, please get with me because you'll want to be there. It's going to be a powerful time. We'll have fun. Um, you'll get closer to the Lord. It's exciting and you don't want to miss it. That's October the 7th through the 9th. Also, we'll be starting our Bible studies again starting Wednesday, September the 14th. We'll be studying Missing Pieces by Jennifer Rothschild. That'll be our first Bible study for this season. And it's going to be really good. I hope to see you there. It's every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We have many things for fun for the women's group. We have our walking and hiking group. That is with Sarita Iwanaga. That is Tuesday evenings at 6.30 and every first Saturday morning. She usually starts early since it's hot. If you want to know more about that, either get with me or Sarah. We also have Moms Together every second Saturday at 10 a.m. And that is with Sally Bellaquet. And uh, if you want more information, you can get with her or get with me. We can get you set up with that. So I want to start um, every third Saturday morning at 9 a.m. I want to meet at the farmer's market. It's a lot of fun. They've got great veggies. they got peanuts. It's <laughs> I love to go there, so I'd like us to meet there, go shopping, just hang out just for one hour. And you can uh, talk to me or Lisa Phillips if you want more information on that. Um, we also have Victorious Women. That is every second Friday at 6. 30 p.m. Um, usually it's at Lisa's house. Talk to Lisa Phillips or with me to get more information on that. Um, we have game nights. We do the escape room. Just get involved. We have a lot of fun. We also have events to build each other up. We do special events for holidays like the Christmas blessing. Um, we do that every December. That's going to be December the 4th this year. We also have a Mother's Day brunch. Um, that'll be in the spring and we are doing a planning a Poland trip um, in September of next year. So that's exciting. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So just get with me if you want any information on any of these things. And I look forward to seeing you guys. I'm Fred. And I'm Judy. And we are the coordinators for the life groups. In this fourth chapter of 2 Kings, we find the story of the Shuamite woman. She and her husband would invite the prophet Elisha to dine with them whenever he was in the area. One day the lady told her husband, I perceive this, this is a man of God. Let's build a room for him so that he can stay and rest when he's in the area. They built a room and put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, and the prophet would come and eat and rest and stay with them. One day the prophet called her and said, you've been very kind to us. Is there anything I can do for you? Do you want me to talk to the king on your behalf? Do you want me to talk to the captain of the guard, the captain of the army on your behalf? The lady said, no, I, I don't need the captain. I don't need the captain. I don't need the king. I live among my own people. She lived in a community in harmony with her family and her relatives. Whenever a need arose, the community would meet it. Whenever a problem came up, the community would solve it. In many ways, I see crossroads like that. I've seen people after church, between the services, in the parking lot praying for each other. I've seen emails, we need prayer for so-and-so, and saints would stop what they're doing and immediately pray for that person. I've seen emails for people that are under the weather, and they say we need meals, we need a dinner, for a week for a family of four. And that the list will be filled up within hours of people volunteering to bring them food. 
there's so many stories like this. I've seen people with transportation issues and others will call them and say, hey, can I take you to the store? Can I pick up your medicine? Can I do anything for you? The, the ties that bind our church are strong, but our pastors want the ties to be stronger. They suggest that we, everybody join a small group. We have various groups. We have a Tuesday walking group. We have a taco Tuesday group. We have a general life group with the Chandlers, a general life group with the Ninja Bars, a retired seniors group with Fred and Judy. We have a campfire group with the Benzes. Pastor Dan also wants every group to study from the same book this fall. The book is called Building Healthy Relationships. It's a small book with six powerful lessons focusing on the subject of love. Just like the old song says, they will know we are Christians by our love. A few years ago, Fred and I went to Bangkok on vacation. On Sunday, we found a church via the internet that was near our hotel. Following the iPhone directions, we went up one alley and down another until we got to the church. We were greeted warmly, but informed that the services were not in English, but a church nearby did have English services. Well, first of all, we did not want to go back into the heat and look for another church. And second, because we felt comfortable there, we told them we just wanted to spend time with the people of God. So if they were okay with them, we would stay there. They found a Bible and songbook in English for us, and a lady sat near and translated the services. We sang in our tongue and they in theirs. They introduced us to the congregation and commemorated our visit with a group photo. They invited us to stay for lunch and placed us in the seat of honor. As we left the church that day, Fred and I both felt that we were among our own people. Whenever believers are together, even if they don't look the same or share a language, they should feel that they are among their own people, whether at crossroads or elsewhere. We pray that believers will feel they are among their own people whenever they come to crossroads. Whenever a non-believer comes into the church or even passes by the building, we pray they will feel the presence of the only true and living God. If you are a group leader or assistant group leader, please see Fred and me or after this weekend, Pastor Lynn for your copy of this book. Thank you. Hi, I'm Pastor Rebecca Gullickson, and I'm the worship pastor here at Crossroads Christian Center. As you come in on a Sunday morning, we set the tone and the atmosphere through the sound and media team, through the worship team, to allow us to be able to refocus after a long week on God and to lay down everything that we've carried all week, and we get to remember that God is in control. I welcome you if you have any interest in encouraging your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you would like to use your gifts and talents in musical and electronic and audio capabilities, then please come and talk to me because we would love to have you on our team. As we stream our services live on Facebook every week, we also post our services on podcasts on many different platforms. So our lyric texts, and our sound team, they are so vital to getting the word out and getting the worship out so the glory of the Lord can be shared. 
We also have Art of Worship workshops where something is taught, whether it is flowing with the Holy Spirit or what does it mean to come into His course with praise. What does that all mean spiritually and what is it like technically playing on a team with in-ears and with the mixer controls? There's so much to learn and there's so much to do because we want to be excellent for the Lord. So come and learn. We will let you know through the newsletter and through announcements on Sundays when they are. We are so excited to have you. Every third Sunday evening of the month from 5.30 to 7, we have Carolyn Orlando leading what we call the worship proclamation, whereas that we acknowledge the glory of the Lord that he has transmitted through us through the word of the Lord, and we respond in worship. We, we pray, we intercede through the word of the Lord and through song. It's just a beautiful, intimate, and powerful time with the Lord. Hi, my name is Sally Bellaquit and I run the Prayer Force. We are a quiet but mighty group. Um, for, the, for those of you who don't know what the ministry is, it is a, a way for people to find out about what prayer requests are needed within the church, whether it be individual needs or needs of family members. We always see the power of God working and we've seen breakthrough and healing and lots of different things. So if you are interested in being a part of that ministry, you can use my email address sbelloquette at icloud.com and send me a, an email and let me know that you would like to join and be one of the prayer warriors on this um, team. Also, if you have any prayer requests that come through or that you think of, go ahead and use that same email address and I will get it out as quickly as I can. Another aspect of our prayer ministries at Crossroads is the altar teams, with whom you can receive prayer at the end of each service on Sundays. Our altar teams are trained in the prophetic, which is just making the things of God openly known. But that is not the main purpose of our altar prayer teams. The main purpose is to support you or anyone who comes up for prayer. It could be for healing, it could be someone standing with you in a change in a situation, or it could be a refreshing or a touch from the Lord. The teams are there to offer agreement, to listen, and to pray for anyone in the church, wanting people to stand with them and pray for them. The person receiving prayer is completely in charge of that prayer time and the teams are simply there to facilitate it, not intruding in any way and praying for what is presented as a need or desire. It's a safe place and time at the end of the service, completely confidential, and the teams are there to support you. It doesn't have to be that you have a current situation, but just sometimes refreshing and encouragement can lift your spirit. We invite you to receive prayer from our altar teams at any time that you feel led, and we pray that it is a continual blessing for our church community. My name is Reema. It's about the intercessory group. So we are meeting every fourth Saturday of every month at the main sanctuary and it's a date with Jesus. We all get together as a body of corporate believers wherein we intercede for the church, we intercede for the family, we intercede for the leadership, for um, this 
county and the nation and for the missions around the world and when we all get together and we intercede we are like a fragrant incense upon the altar of our lord god almighty so if you want to experience the supernatural and if you want to believe um, that you can receive more and if you're hungry come together let's intercede together for the lord almighty so that we can offer him our prayers and we'll see great miracles and deliverances for crossroads and in your life hi i'm kim bams one of the things that i do here at crossroads is to kind of guide the sozo ministry sozo is a greek word we find in scripture it's really trying to describe that thing that happens to a person when they encounter god in english sozo is translated saved healed or delivered depending on the, the context but sozo ministries is a individual prayer time where you meet with a team and it's designed to help you have an encounter with god and he meets you wherever you're at you don't have to be in a particularly bad situation it's just to increase that intimacy in your relationship with him if you're ever interested come find me or find a brochure In addition to our yearly conference, the I Thirst For You conference at the end of January and at the end of the Daniel Fast, we also have a Baptism of the Holy Spirit retreat in the middle of January, in the middle of our Daniel Fast. The Baptism of the Holy Spirit is an annual retreat designed for those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that is receiving their heavenly language. And for those who want to be refilled with the Holy Spirit due to dryness or they have not functioned in their spiritual language for some time. All participants have prayer partners at this retreat and it is a two-day, one-night retreat in San Juan Batista. Tongues of Fire is a quarterly bilingual revival service designed to gather our partners from all over the world in real time, along with our Crossroads community and local partners, like the Teen Challenge community, to worship and hear the word of the Lord. It is a time of refreshing and renewal. This is one way we globally connect with our Crossroads partners in Nepal, India, Lebanon, and other parts of the U.S. and world. Finally, we welcome you to join us for our pre-service prayer on Sunday mornings at 9.15 in the Fellowship Hall. The purpose of this time is to lift up and cover our services so that the Lord may have His way. We lift up prayer so that whoever needs to sign on will sign on to watch and be impacted and touched by the Lord. Whoever needs to listen to the podcast is led to do so. Whoever needs to walk into the doors of the church that Sunday morning that the Lord will have His way. We welcome you to take part in all of these opportunities that we have created for you to be spiritually fed, but also to exercise your faith in a beautiful community of spirit-filled believers as we build His kingdom together. Amen. Okay, let's stand up. Yes, tacos are near, but what's nearer <laughs> is responding. So Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What does that mean? I will build my life upon you, Lord. 
That's what that means. And the fact is this, how do we do that? Well, it's not ambiguous. It's real things that we do. It's practical. It's practical. And that's the challenge is saying, you know what, I'm not, it's not just about this kind of ambiguous concept out there. No, it's what am I choosing to do with my time? Am I investing my life spiritually? Am I seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you? Or am I seeking all the things that are I want added to me rather than first seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And you know what? When we're talking about all these things, we're giving you opportunity and also challenging you to get involved, to make a commitment, to invest. Listen, we all have lives. Every person here has a unique journey but you all have a contribution, but in our individual responsibility, we have group accountability. You're not out there on your own, not really. You're, uh, you are affect other people by what you choose to do. And you know what? When we came into relationship with Jesus, we said, all of me for all of you. One of the greatest challenges for a believer can be our willfulness. And you know what? Just like Jesus said, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Sometimes when we're trying, when we're looking at this list and we're saying, you know what? What can I do? How should I be a part? Some of the things that gets in the biggest way is our willfulness to want to do, run after some of the things that the world's enticing you to do. So, well, there's nothing wrong with fill in the blank. Well, no, you're right. There's nothing wrong with it unless it is where you're investing all your time and you are forsaking investing time and energy and resources in the spirit, your spiritual life as well as the spiritual life of your family. Let me just say one more thing. The greatest lie I've heard from people is, well, it won't harm me if I'm not really involved in a community of faith. Well, you know what I'm going to say? It may not harm you, but it'll harm your children for sure. It may not harm you. You may be okay. You'll start, but what about your kids? And what about your kids' children? It'll harm them. I've seen it. 30 plus years in ministry, I've seen it. I've seen that lie. And I'm sick of seeing it, by the way. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of believers being deceived in that way. You know, we don't just show up. I don't just show up here for me. I show up here for you. You don't just show up for you. You show up for me. Because we're connected. You're, we're brothers and sisters. I care about you. Do you care about me? That's what we're supposed to. That's what this is about. Haley, show up for me. Show up for me. I show for you because I care. I want to see you. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know if you're okay. I want to know if you're struggling. I want to know if something's trying to pull you out. That's what it is to be the body of Christ. That's what we're challenging. What we're going to do now is the worship team's going to sing. And what you're going to do with those papers, you're going to lay it on the altar. Because I don't want you handing it to me. I want you to say, Jesus... I'm going to build my life.
and I'm going to seek first your kingdom. I build my life. If he's going to build his church, what does he mean? That means you're building your life on him. So come down, put it on the altar. We're going to pray, and you're going to go get your tacos, okay? Come on down, worship team. But I want you to remember what you experience or what's invested in your life spiritually will have a harvest, will have fruit. I remember when I was a little girl, I was brought up in the church, my dad was a pastor, but there was this old lady. She taught one of the children's classes and I was in her class and she had a competition and I came in third place third place not even first place third place and I and she gave me she was actually a former missionary to China old lady gray-haired lady and she gave me a neck a little bracelet with a mustard seed inside of it plastic little plastic thing with a little mustard seed and she said she got down looked at me and she said Lenny if you just have faith like a mustard seed God will do great things through you. I was like seven years old. And you know what? I never forgot that. And you know what? He did. We have 32 ministries, half of which are women of the world partners, because that mustard seed grew. And when you're here, in your life and you have your children here don't dismiss it as unimportant because it is important it will change lives not just your life but other people's lives so don't think oh it's not important it's it's important lord as we lay these things down 
we recommit. Lord, we don't want to be lukewarm choosing ourselves. We want to be on fire for you. We want to be passionate for you, choosing you, choosing your way, choosing to spiritually invest and spiritually be invested in, Lord, as priority. And then all these things shall be added unto us. Lord, we make a recommitment to you. We receive that recommitment to you, that all of you for all of me, Lord. Bless, Lord, these commitments, Father. May they not forget as they leave, but, Lord, that they've made a commitment as they laid it on the altar between you and them. We thank you, Father, for your presence over this house in your name. Amen. God bless you. Go get some tacos. They're still out there. Pastor David's eating all the guacamole. Come on, Pastor David. Really? Okay. (laughs) Go enjoy and fellowship with one another.